Welcome to the Most Important Work Podcast with clinical psychologist, Dr. Jessica Black. Each episode, she uses her background in addictive behaviors and psychological trauma to address common questions and concerns of the loved ones of individuals with substance use disorders. We invite you to visit our website to suggest questions and topics you'd like Dr. Black to address in future episodes. Thank you for joining us. I'm Dr. Jessica Black, clinical psychologist, and today we're at the Fred Rogers Center located on St. Vincent College's campus in Fred's hometown of Latrobe, Pennsylvania. Our guest today is my colleague and friend, Dr. Dana Winters the Director of Simple Interactions and Academic Programs at the Rogers Center, as well as an Assistant Professor of Child and Family Studies at St. Vincent College. Dr. Winters is actively involved in projects involving children's helpers across a variety of settings, including childcare facilities, school systems, community programs, hospitals. In these projects, Dr. Winters works to identify and strengthen the universal simple and deep connections between children and their helpers. I am so glad that she's here with us today to share her invaluable expertise and experience on how to strengthen connections with children. Dr. Winters? Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here with you. (laughs) Thank you. Now, you have access to all of Fred Rogers' archives. How long have you been studying his work? Uh, So it's a little intimidating to sit atop that archive, that's for sure. We've got almost 19,000 cataloged items at this point. Um, And so I think that in my five years here, we've touched maybe 10% of what Fred has to offer us. Um, So it's always fun for me to think of a topic and dive into the archive and see what Fred said Mm -hmm. and be able to relate that to current experiences and conditions. So you kind of take what your field work demands. So what children and their helpers in the field need, the different topics they're facing, and you go to the archives. How easy is it to find what you need there? So we have an amazing archivist, Emily, who is the only archivist that the center has ever had. So she's been here for quite some time and um, most everything is in her head. So she's really helpful that I can go to her and say, you know, do we have anything? Did Fred say anything about this? Mm -hmm. And she's able to pull related documents and speeches or notes that he has has written and and she's able to apply it very well. So it's a pretty seamless process. Mm -hmm. And She did a topic search recently, and I think she had about five pages worth of topics that Fred wrote on or talked about. So really, the the opportunities are limitless. That's amazing on how many different topics that he addressed and how the things underlying those topics are really consistent. So even if the subject changes, what's underneath it and what's helpful to children and their families and caregivers remains consistent. Yes, that's very true. And that's something that we find that um, you know, people are very surprised to find out all of the different topics that he was not afraid to talk about. But you're right that there's always this underlying theme of the capacity of children to be able to handle difficult subjects, to be able to talk about them. Um, there's this underlying theme of the validation of emotions in mm-hmm. children, um, that it's okay to feel and it's okay to have those experiences. And how do we as adults support those emotions in positive ways and productive Mm -hmm. ways and in ways that help children to grow. 
I love that because so often people with good intentions don't want to talk about difficult topics with children, right? Mm. And then that invalidates their feelings. Um, and so Fred wasn't afraid to face these difficult topics. Now, he wasn't afraid to face them, and he also wasn't afraid to tell others to try. That you don't have to be perfect when you have those conversations, mm-hmm. but if you're trying, children see that. Yes. Um, they can see yes. the genuine authenticity behind your effort. Right. Um, so even if it's not perfect, you're, you're trying. It sends a message that their feelings are valid, that they are important, and that you care, even if you're not perfect. Absolutely. Now, going along with that, um, you're the director of Simple Interactions at the Fred Rogers Center. So tell us a little bit about what are Simple Interactions. Sure. So Simple Interactions is an approach to identifying and promoting adult-child interactions as the foundation of all development. So with the programmatic approach of Simple Interactions, we work across children's development, um, actually all the way in through human development. I wouldn't even limit it to children. Uh, but we work in childcare, in orphanage settings, in school systems, in hospitals, in communities, in residential care to be able to highlight and show what these very simple interactions look like and why they are so meaningful to children's development. Mm-hmm. But then also that the way we interact with one another doesn't stop because we have reached the limit of childhood. Right. That there are these foundations of interactions or developmental interactions between adults also mm-hmm. that need to be grounded in respect and grounded in a lot of what Fred tells us are right. the important parts of life. Uh, and so it's, it, it's not limited to just children's development, mm-hmm. but also as we develop as human beings, how do we continue those interactions in very simple and deep ways? I love that because... You know, I think what you mentioned earlier that a lot of times adults feel like they have to be perfect um, or handle something just right, especially when it's a difficult topic or they're afraid to approach it. When Fred really touched on what's most important are these simple and deep connections that folks have and saying just the right thing or, you know, using a certain technique when you deliver the message isn't as important as that underlying connection. Right, right. And it it really does fall back to what is genuine to you as a person. Mm -hmm. That all of our simple interactions may look different, Mm -hmm. uh, but they may also have very similar characteristics. That Mm -hmm. there's this basic understanding of connection Mm -hmm. between two people. There's reciprocal exchange that, you know, I've got a role in this and so do you. Mm -hmm. Um, There's the ability to include voices and include people and have a sense of belonging in those interactions. And then we're always looking for, is there an opportunity to grow? How do we help children to grow? How do we help adults to grow through either emotions that they may be facing or difficult um, cognitive, Mm -hmm. even learning, whatever it happens to be, that there's an opportunity for us as possibly the more developed person or as Mm -hmm. the adult to provide challenge and support around that growth. Right. Right. And I know, um, so you're really carrying on Fred's, Fred's legacy and um, his message that simple and deep is the most important. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what, why you think it's so important? Maybe even give us an example of how um, a parent or any kind of an adult helper interacts with a child in a way that's simple and deep. Sure. So Fred is famous for saying that the simple and deep is far more essential than the shallow and complex. 
And so when we think about what's simple and deep about interacting with children versus what sometimes can be shallow and complex, um, children's helpers that are in a system or even families that Mm -hmm. are feeling pressures on how to interact with children, uh, it's mostly what's that innate response that you have sometimes. It's the moments that you may not even be thinking about that often are the simplest and deepest of those moments. And we don't want to, we don't want to misread simple by meaning simplistic, but simple to mean that it's, um, it's not something that requires deep thought and effort Mm -hmm. all the time, that it's a very natural way of interacting and being positive with children. Um, so as an example, it's, we really do focus on moments, right? So there is no moment that is too small mm-hmm. to be one of those moments of simple and deep connection and interaction with a child. Right. Um, as simple as, um, when we were working in uh, an orphanage in China, there was a caregiver who was feeding a young child and the child looked directly into these ca- this caregiver's eyes and just did this cute little shoulder shrug and smiled. Mm-hmm. And the caregiver was able to imitate that. And he imitated it right back to her and she did it again. And then they took a bite and it's five seconds. But that was, I acknowledge you. Mm -hmm. I am going to validate that what you're doing, you know, that we're connecting and we're in this together. And that's in an environment where you may not even expect to see that level of connection. So connection and interactions like this can be found in the most unlikely of places as well as the places where you would expect them. Mm-hmm. Um, but often they're overlooked because we don't see them as the grand moments of development. But they are the building blocks that lead to some of those grand moments. Right, right. Oh, that's beautiful. So even in this, even in this situation where the caregivers may be overwhelmed and have all of these different things to handle, finding those moments to really just connect with that child lets them be seen Right? And feel validated. Yes. And like you said, then that's the building block for grand moments Mm -hmm. of development. Yes, absolutely. And there are, there's so many studies out right now that we can talk about, but even in practice, Mm -hmm. we see that, that, um, you know, we, we hear about language development and how we need the quantity of words to be able to have language development, but that's not what it's about. Right. It's really about (laughs) high quality, loving Mm -hmm. interactions. Right. And those can be very small moments Mm -hmm. of validation and hearing that um, even, you know, when the world is complex around you and we feel like there's so much invading that space, Mm -hmm. there's time to stop, take a breath and have that moment. Right. It is so deeply important to children. And that's something that Fred always promoted too, is just, mm-hmm. there's an opportunity always just to slow down and appreciate what's happening between two people. Right. Um, and noticing that and seeing the importance of those moments as really the foundation for everything that's to come. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's so wonderful. And I imagine it's so empowering to adults who really care about children and they want to be doing so much, but they may feel like they don't have enough resources or training or something like that, when really they're doing the most important work by just slowing down and connecting with that child. Yes, and it doesn't take stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the message that we try to communicate, especially to caregivers, mm-hmm. when we're working through these ideas of simple interactions, is that you are enough. You don't need the bells and whistles and the stuff. And, you know, there's the great quote of children are going to remember how you made them feel. Yes. And they remember how you made them feel because of those moments that no child comes home from school and says, 
I got to play with this, you know, really high-tech toy today. Right. No, they're going to talk right. about how their teacher made them feel or how their right. peers made them feel. The same is true in a family. That, mm-hmm. you know, when I ask my own children about things that they remember from maybe grand vacations, right. they remember the trip to get there. They right. don't remember the vacation at all. <laughs> but it was those simple moments in the car right. that, that were the most important to them. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's so empowering, I imagine. Yeah. Yeah, I had this, I had an example just the other day. Um, So I'm a clinical psychologist, study development, and, you know, I have training in different therapies and all these things. And my four-year-old son um, had bad dreams the other night. Mm. And the next morning I was on the phone with my father who has no training in psychology, no <laughs> training in therapy, but he's great at human connection. Mm-hmm. And I told him, I'm trying to you know, figure out the reason behind my son's bad dreams. And I'm coming up with all these different theories. Mm-hmm. And he slowed down and he said, well, he's a boy who has a lot of thoughts and he saw a lot of boo-boos yesterday because my dad just had surgery. Mm-hmm. And when you said about an adult, that was so meaningful just to me, right? Mm-hmm. Because he saw my son and he easily, by slowing down, was just able to put together a very logical reason as to why. And when I told my son that, you know, he said, oh, your pappy said this. It was like, he was like, oh. like let out a deep breath. Like, yeah. yes, that's it, you know? Mm-hmm. And it made him feel, I think, really validated right. and less afraid. Yeah. And yeah. such a simple mm-hmm. response to that. Right. And I think, you know, we could probably sit here and trade stories right. all day right. about those right. responses to our children too. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, sometimes the resources and the training make those ideas more complex than they need to right. be. Um, right. But sometimes it really does take that step back and slow down to see what is happening at a very mm-hmm. simple level here. Yeah. And how do we engage with children around those ideas? Mm-hmm. How do we sit and talk with them about it in a way that doesn't seem to be scripted and coming from, you know, our child development backgrounds that we have, Um, but also, but just is a part of their lived experience. Yes. Yes. It comes from their lived experience and that someone noticed them. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, this, this podcast is for caregivers, whether it's the parent or grandparent or anyone else who's helping care for a child who loves someone with a substance use disorder. It's typically their parent, but it might be an older brother or sister. And I think this is a great message to send them based on your experiences across all these different um, settings where children are living and thriving. And with your studies of Fred's work, that they already have everything within them that they need to give to these children. Mm-hmm. And by just slowing down and noticing them, yes. they're doing the most important work. Yes. Uh, we almost liken it sometimes to a flu shot. Mm-hmm. Um, that sometimes you just need a reminder right. that you have everything inside of you that you need. Right. Um, that a flu shot works by awakening the immune system's response to the flu. And it's the same thing mm-hmm. that, um, you know, if you love a child then you have enough right there mm-hmm. to be able to help them through difficult situations. Um, and sometimes it's hard because you're facing that same difficult situation. Mm-hmm. 
So being able to help a child through it right. can be really a, a difficult, an additional difficulty on top of that. Right. Um, but what Fred helps us to see and what we see through simple interactions is that the smallest moments really do matter mm-hmm. and that you can take those very small times and engage with a child around what they may be feeling, what they mm-hmm. may be thinking um, in ways that help the children to express right. what that is. Um, that may even in turn help you as an adult to think about your own feelings around those things. Right. Isn't that such a beautiful part of human interaction mm-hmm. is it is reciprocal in every way. Yes. yes. Yeah. So speaking about difficult topics, addiction in the family is a very difficult topic for not only the child, but as you mentioned, it might be really difficult for the caregiver as well. And I think a lot of adults that love children and they have good intentions may feel as though talking about the child's loved one's addiction is not the right way to go, mm-hmm. that it might be harmful. So what would you, what's your opinion on that? So we always fall back on Fred's idea that anything that is mentionable is manageable. And it, you know, when you really break that apart, uh, if we're, facing some of these challenges, being able to, to talk about them mm-hmm. in an open way, but a way that is consistent with the needs of the child still. Mm-hmm. Um, so using very simple language, right. allowing the child to drive a lot of that interaction is, is really important to help that child to feel like they have a little bit of agency to manage the feelings mm-hmm. that they have and knowing that they have a trusted person who will help them through it. Right. Um, when, when Fred would receive letters from parents asking for suggestions and help about how to talk about things with their children, uh, the number one thing he would say in every letter, he would start by saying, how lucky your child is to have a parent like you who cares so much. So the fact that we're even having this discussion and that that parents and caregivers and families feel burdened about how to do this shows that they've got enough love Mm -hmm. that their child is very lucky to be able to have a caregiver and someone who loves them enough to think about these things. Um, And it's, you know, you're right. These, these are topics that are difficult to think and to talk about with children, but it doesn't mean that they should be ignored. Right. Um, Fred never shied away from Mm -hmm. a difficult topic. He covered, you know, he had an entire week on death. He had an entire Mm -hmm. week on divorce. He had um, very, you know, straightforward looks at race relations in times mm-hmm. when we didn't talk about these things. Right. But it was in ways that children could think about it and understand and help them to see that it's okay to feel. It's okay to have emotions. It's mm-hmm. okay to feel sad. Um, and to know that none of this is the child's fault, mm-hmm. um, even though those emotions seem so big. Right. Um, but the, there's someone there who loves them and can help them through that. Right. So letting them, bringing up the topic, they're already thinking about it, right? So bringing up the topic gives them permission to feel how they feel about the topic, whether it's sad or angry or scared or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And it allows them to know that you're willing to be with them. They have you as they experience those emotions. Yes. Yes. And it's, I think it's important to remember also that no two children will be the same and how they come to these topics. Um, Some children 
aren't talkers. Mm-hmm. Um, I look at my own family, <laughs> right. and sometimes it's like pulling teeth to mm-hmm. get my oldest daughter to talk to me about things. Right. But she is um, very visual and very artistic, and she will draw, mm-hmm. and she will, you know, it, be able to to visualize some of the things that she's feeling. That if we sit down, I say, "Hey, do you want to?" color a picture together Mm -hmm. that as she starts to do that, maybe she starts to talk, but also the way that she draws gives me some little bit of an indication of how she may be feeling. Right. Right. So really letting the child lead. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and that goes back to the whole idea of simple and deep, right. That you don't have to approach it in a certain manner, a certain way, just slow down and meet the child where they are. Yes. Oh my goodness. Meet the child where they are. Absolutely. I think that it's so important. And I mean, that's for adults also. It's so important to be met where we are, especially if we have, (laughs) if we're going through something that's a challenge, it's hard for us to jump to someplace where somebody may expect us to be, Um, but to be met where we are Mm -hmm. and to acknowledge that that place is an okay place. Right. Um, And that if that place feels like it's not a safe place, that there's someone there to help you through it. Right. Right. That's what we all want, adults and children too. <laughs> yes. That's, that's human development again. Right, right, right. So this was so helpful. Um, you know, as we wrap up, um, is there anything you want to make sure that you leave caregivers of children who are affected by someone's substance use disorder with? So um, I'm always struck by, Um, the foundation of Fred's work, which was that he wanted to convey this message to children that they were loved and capable of loving. And I think that's especially important as they are maybe facing something that's really challenging for them to think about, um, that even though the world around them might seem really, um, it's difficult to understand that they are still loved and they're capable of providing that love even to someone who um, seems a, a bit distant from mm-hmm. them at that time, that it's okay to still feel love for a person that you can't quite understand what's happening. Um, and so how do we as children's helpers mm-hmm. help them to see that and know mm-hmm. that there's safety there right. and know that there's safety in expressing right. what it is that they're feeling? Ah, oh, that's beautiful. Thank you so much, Dr. Winters. Thank you for having me. Thank you. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to offer diagnosis or treatment of any medical or psychological condition. All treatment decisions should be made in partnership with your health professional.